Welcome to The Pestle, reviewing and breaking down movies to look for insights into the movie-making process. Hosted by my buddy. Wherever he goes, I go too. Now let's dim the lights and start the show. Welcome everybody to The Pestle. Today's show is brought to you by Duff Beer. Duff beer that you can drink. <laughs> Welcome everybody to The Pestle. I am Wes. And I am Todd. And this is a show where we like to analyze movies and apparently TV and as a method of, I don't know, getting better about the whole creating process. Anytime you're making something, it is an incredibly long and convoluted process at times. Um, even the simplest of things, I think people get surprised once they're their first time kind of getting that taste of uh, movie magic is a little surprising. Like, Oh my God, I didn't realize there were all these, all these things to consider whenever someone wants to just make like a 60 second FaceTime video for their, you know, website. And like, I just need something to put on my website that says who I am in my business. And you go, okay, well, you know, here's 10 things to think about. Like, what is your background? Uh, what, what kind of lighting is going to best reflect the kind of business that you do? Because right. If you're, if you're a massage therapist or if you're a basketball coach, those are completely different, you know, businesses and have different clients and different, uh, recording scenarios on a multitude of levels. And so any given topic could take, you know, just a completely different, rabbit hole uh, and path. And so I think people are always surprised by the amount of detail that goes into any video, let alone an entire movie or TV show. Um, And I feel like doing these episodes helps me get better at the way I think about it and hopefully the way I execute it. Very well put. Thanks. Yeah. I I don't have anything to add to that. Uh, (laughs) I would, I mean, I would, I would only second that, that um, I, I think that my, my respect and admiration for anybody who is in film or just enjoys film and cinema in general, like is, um, uh, heightened because of all of this. So I love, I love going, going over all these, all these, these movies and shows and, and, and everything. And just having these discussions, uh, like we did about devs last week and, and stuff to, to kind of really get down into the weeds of what something is really about. And actually my son who's four, he's really started to, to figure to like ask the question, what is this about? at the end of every movie. And, and a lot of times, actually like pretty much all the time, he always gets it right. Um, and he tells us what it's about. And so it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I think we might start a YouTube channel where he actually like reviews movies. Whoa. We were were thinking of, we were thinking about it. Uh, my wife had that idea today. That's cool. I was like, uh, yeah, please. (laughs) Dude. Yeah. You know how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, that's cool. Yeah. Keep me posted yeah, on that. Yeah, we'll do. Nice. So yeah, what are we going to do today? Today we are doing specifically the pilot, but we are, we are doing cheers, the series cheers. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's and a, so, so if you, if you haven't seen it, um, just, just watch the pilot. So I would pause this, go watch the pilot. Um, cause we're going to talk about a bunch of spoilers and stuff about the, and the pilot's only 25 minutes long. So it's not a whole, it's not a, a lot of, uh, time suck or anything. Uh, and it's, believe me when you, when you turn it on, I mean, your nostalgia will come flooding back like, like the river Nile. So you'll enjoy it. Only too true. And we'll probably touch a little bit on things that happen later in the series, uh, but not in any great detail because I'm not that far into the series myself. I'm on like season four. But if you're not familiar with some of the back backstory and or uh, not backstory, but some of the events that happen along the way, it's a heavily episodic thing. I don't think 
it'll really ruin anything, but uh, just maybe be aware of, you know, those kind of spoilers as well. But we will heavily focus on the pilot um, yeah, for sure. And we'll talk about a few things, uh, the cinematography, uh, TV comedy writing, uh, the theme song and other such stuff and things and stuff. So a quick synopsis of the show, uh, the regulars of the bar of the Boston bar cheers share their experiences and lives with each other while drinking or working at the bar where everybody knows your name created by James Burroughs, Glenn Charles and Les Charles featuring Ted Danson as Sam Shelley Long as Diane Chambers, Nicholas Calistano as coach Rhea Perlman as Carla, George Wendt as Norm and John Ratzenberger as Cliff Clavin. If my missus, I'm on my way. Cheers. Yeah, just a sec. Is there an Ernie Pantuso here? That's you, coach. Speaking. I like two drafts and a scotch on the rocks. You know, there's a group over there arguing about the sweatiest movie ever made. The what? What movie did people sweat the most in? That's easy. Rocky Two. No, no, not even close. Body Heat. Sweat City. Ben-Hur. The boys in that galley sweat like pigs. No, no, no. Alien. That's why. Alien! Buckets. This is the night before my wedding, and I'm in the middle of a sweat contest. Hey, uh, speaking of sweat, here's a little-known fact. Women have fewer sweat glands than men, but they're uh, larger and more active. So the human body, huh? Consequently, they uh, sweat more. Really? Sure. Uh, how about you, miss? Uh, what are your perspiration patterns? <laughs> I love the show so much. It's so good. So, it's yeah, so good. Was it one of those things where you don't really feel like watching it, but once you kind of got into, you know, five minutes or so, I was like, man, uh, I forgot how much fun this, this group is. Not even. It was literally the first second. <laughs> The first second it was on, I was like, oh my God, it was, it was, it was like you had a really long, hard day and the, and the moment you, it's that first moment you get into bed, you know, mm-hmm. just the first that like you've, you've been on your feet all day. And that first moment where you get into bed where you're just like, oh my God, nothing, nothing could feel better than this. That's how it felt like, just like home. It was just amazing. And then it just piling on you know, character after character coming back in the, the music, like the theme song, um, uh, the, the feeling like the, the, uh, the, the wood of the bar, um, and the surrounding and everything. It just was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went, I, w- I was, I was, you know, eight years old again, 10 years old. Absolutely. Which, you know, we saw growing up, uh, here and there bits and pieces. I couldn't tell you a single episode that I watched as a kid other than the the, the send off. I remember watching the finale yeah. and the cast all sitting around talking about it after the finale. Um, and them all just kind of taking Q and a from, I don't even know who, but that's, but it really just that image of there's a bar and there's a group of friends that all kind of hang out at this bar together and life happens and, uh, comedy mm-hmm. ensues, obviously. I, well, the one moment I always remember is, uh, Woody Allen, when he joins the show in season four, mm-hmm. at some point along the way, he, he, is dating a girl named Kelly and he sings a song, Kelly, uh, Kelly, 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 K E L L Y or I <laughs> like, that's about the only real thing I can ever remember from, from the show. But same, like yeah. I remember finally it's like, okay, I, I probably should revisit this and hit play. And as soon as you see the sign outside on the street, you're just there. 
you're just yeah. automatically like, man, this feels like home a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so tell me what you want to talk about cinematography wise. Cause there was some interesting stuff going on. For me. I was just blown away because yeah. there's only been one other show, one other sitcom that ever blew me away, um, with the cinematography, uh, which was friends. And we'll talk about that next week, but turning this on and hitting play, I was just like confounded. I was like, wow, this is not your typical sitcom cinematography. There's just so much camera movement and reframing and tracking shots, um, and in compositional choices that are really close, even though this feels like a stage and it is obviously a stage, but it feels like a theater stage, which you don't normally get that personal on, um, as an audience member. And this being a, a stage with cinematography, you suddenly felt much more connected with the characters. Like at one point, and this is something you see in films, you don't see this in sitcoms where there's a shot of Diane, uh, sitting at the bar and she's making a comment and in the background. It's coach is there. And as she finishes her line, Coach starts walking up to the bar to say his line, and we start widening out from this uh, medium close-up on Diane. We widen out until Coach is in the in the frame too and delivering his line, and it's all one planned shot, like like you would see on a film set, not on a freaking sitcom. And there's people exiting the frame and kind of uh, establishing a new frame. There's uh, they use a lot of the blocking to explore the bar, uh, the space in there and all the cinematography opportunities. And that never stops. Like I'm uh, at the beginning of the fourth season and they constantly are trying to find out where is the blocking of the scene going to take us and how can we capture that in a new and interesting way? Like, Oh, we're going to explore and create a, a space because in this kind of environment, right? You're in a bar. Everything you say can be heard, you know, 10 feet away. But if you allow it to, the cinematography can create these little nooks and crannies within the bar just by choosing a close up and say the characters walk over towards the door to have a separate conversation. And if you just punch in there a little bit more, it feels like they're getting, you know, their own private space. And uh, depending on the moment, they might completely interrupt that with someone on the way opposite of the bar, you know, commenting on this little secret whisper that was just made or they might just let it be a private moment and that's part of the suspense of the show is not knowing how the rest of the bar is going to play into any given scene and one of the things i love about this show is there are so many bit parts in the episodes and it seems like that's that happens here way more than normal than you would otherwise see on uh some of these other shows yeah there was one shot in particular I, I totally agree. But there's one shot in particular when Diane's fiance leaves her and everybody's looking at her. Right. So that so they cut back to the whole bar looking at her. And that's like a basically a 90 degree shot from the straight on shot that you're used to on in a, in the sitcom or in any sitcom, really. Right. You have that straight on shot. But it's it's not kind of angled back at everybody. It's pretty much from Diane's point of view from the door right back to everybody. And I, I was like caught off guard. I was like, Oh my God, like, wow, that they are, they are really exploring the entirety of the, of the usable space here to sh to make it feel like it's not a set. Like it is an actual bar, uh, by doing that 90 degree shot. It's It was fantastic. It was like very welcoming. And on the pilot too, 
to say this is the whole space that we're going to explore. It's the the whole thing. It really sets it up amazingly well. And they break out quite a few shallow depth of field moments too that yeah. uh, you don't really see almost ever in a lot of sitcoms. Um, it's a it beca- it's a rarity in most sitcoms. It's usually just for a point of emphasis. Um, but here it feels like they break them out with you know pretty regularity, uh, and that's. The cinematography is just one of those things that I watched this and I was like, wow, I can see the influence that this had on Friends and uh, other shows for sure. And yeah, I was just really, really blown away by that. In terms of the the comedy and the, the TV writing stuff, uh, unless there was something else you want to comment about on uh, no. cinematography. No, um, I agree. So one of the things I really love about this show that caught me way off guard so normally on a on a TV comedy uh, sitcom, it's the rule is three jokes to a page. That's your minimum. If you can get in more, all the better. But you need to be getting three laughs a minute. And here, they're not that hard pressed to 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 do that. And maybe that was just their own style, or maybe uh, that rule hadn't really come into full effect yet. I don't know. My impression was they were just very comfortable letting some of these characters and some of these moments happen as they happen. I never felt forced into a joke. I always felt like this is where they want the joke to to land. And maybe that's a part of their rehearsal process. And also understanding that we are recording in front of a live studio audience. And they say that other than the pilot, they say that at the beginning of every episode after um, they're going to tell you uh, Cheers was filmed in front of a live studio audience. And if it's like Cliffy, he might say, uh, here's a little known fact. Uh, Cheers was filmed in front of the live studio. <laughs> audience. Like, like they, they remind you that because all those laughs that they're getting are genuine laughs. It's not a, a laugh track that they're inserting at the end of post, you know, which yeah. happens a lot. And there's certain shows that do it way over the top. Uh, like to me, Big Bang Theory is criminal like if you strip out the laugh track of big bang theory and the laugh track of cheers i'm still going to laugh at a lot of what happens in cheers like that coach 100%. moment right yeah. when, when coach is answering the phone he's like is there an ernie pantuso coach that's you speaking <laughs> so, <laughs> like, so that's, good i'm what laughing hey, hey the one i laughed out loud was with norm hey what you reading a book <laughs> i would i la- I laughed out loud. <laughs> what are you reading yeah. <laughs> There's so many genuine moments, and I feel like that's the crucible of having to perform in front of an audience. You're yeah. going to work on your time, and you're going to work on what's going to get you an actual laugh. And I think the the humor here for me is I'm I'm comparing this to Big Bang Theory, and I'm I realize I'm totally crapping on it, and I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. That is sincerely not a funny show. Like there are excruciating, and I've watched it all i got into a west mode where i just decided to watch all of big bang theory and i watched every single episode and uh there was probably a hit rate of maybe one genuine laugh out of every three uh episodes um and oh, wow. eventually it got a little bit higher as i got familiar with you know one or two of the characters and i was like oh this is an endearing person and, but it's a really low hit rate and i was just frustrated with their overuse of laugh tracking where here everything is completely naturalistic and you you feel the audience even if you know some of the jokes uh aren't necessarily hard laugh lines right they do a lot of easy one-liners especially with carla 
She's yeah. got this brutish, um, mm-hmm. hard slugging, hard comedy. Uh, but there's also a lot of character-based humor. Uh, like an odd literary reference is humorous based on the context of being in a bar. And, Done. Right? <laughs> and the disinterest from the people around them. Like the laugh isn't necessarily the line. It's the genuine uh we understand this is a character saying a thing that no one else likes or cares about and is everyone's rolling their eyes. And that gets a genuine laugh, even if it's not like this zippy zing, uh, zinger, you know, comeback or retort. Like not, not all of the humor, I would say maybe only a, a third or a quarter of the humor, if I can put it into a, a percentage, is based on cutting on other people like it's not a bunch of put downs it's just people kind of living life and uh, having fun with one another and that is genuine joy that you have with these characters and can you like because we're talking about the writing just talk about how brilliant it had to be to introduce all of these characters like you don't lose any of these characters uh for years right Mm -hmm. coaches how long was coach he made and, it all the way through the first three seasons before he passed okay. away and they uh, picked up Woody. He actually passed away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you were introduced to everyone right up front and to exactly their character within 25 minutes, man. And no one is missing out on screen time. Like everybody gets their their they're due. Uh, they have their lines, they have their moments. And when, when you feel like, and when you feel like you've been away from them too long, it comes back to them, but you know, you also know the two main characters, you know, Diane and you know, Sam, those are the two main characters. And you know that you're well aware of that. And then to, to insert drama and sadness is un. It, it just unreal. It was, I mean, I'm watching it now in 2020 thinking, God, I want this now. Like, I wish this could have been made in 2020. I would be all over it. This is incredible. Like the, uh, the, the, the gamut of feelings coming through, you know, it's, it's, it opens quietly with Sam just in the bar by himself. Right. And it, and then, you know, Oh, Oh. And then people start trickling in. You don't even notice because the bar is empty, right? And then some people come in, but there's a conversation happening. So you're not even noticing the people come in. And then, you know, 30 seconds later, the bar is full. And you're like, how the hell did this happen? There were just three people in here a second ago. And now there's a bunch of people. I didn't even notice them come in. And then the end where it's, you know, I was, I was sitting there, I was watching it on Hulu and it's like 25 minutes and 36 seconds long or 46 seconds long, right? Diane welcomes her first people like that she serves in it, with like 24 minutes and f- 40 seconds. She has under a minute to establish the end of the pilot. <laughs> to me, that's a, unbelievable that you can do that with such a short amount of time and so poignantly telling setting up the whole rest of the show with the way that it ends. It's like, you know, she's getting something. She's so excited. She's getting something that she wants. And then just the rug gets pulled out from under her at the very, at the the very end of that. And then boom, that was it. And Sam, Sam and coach just smile. And that's it. It's so 
freaking perfect. It's perfect. And what I love about this, and I think it speaks to exactly what you're talking about when you're talking about the, the gamut of emotions, is it's a very sincere show. Like, this isn't very glib, and it's not frowning on, like, the middle class or the lower class. Uh, it doesn't feel like anybody's better than anybody else, even though they bring in these dynamics just to explore them, like Diane being this kind of upper-class uh, jerk and who is condescending and is looking down on everyone in there. They use that as a, as a method to, you know, have the lower class have an opportunity to punch up. Um, but you never really feel that they're punching down, which is really important whenever your audience is supposed to be people who go to bars and appreciate, yeah. you know, that yeah. every bar is going to have its regulars and you're going to have your Cliff Clavens who think they know everything, but they never overly characterize char- caricaturize any of these characters. Norm is never a lush, right? He's, yeah. he's he drinks a lot, but you also never see him uh, at least not in the pilot and not in anything I've seen so far, like losing control. And he's, no. you know, he's just a genuine falls asleep. Right? He naps at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to your point, like the way that they were so efficient and, and smart and setting up every character, when we meet Diane, the first thing that she does is answer the phone. She doesn't work there yet. Yeah. And has no plans on working there, but she's so annoyed that the phone is ringing. So I'm going to answer the phone in this bar. Yeah. And so that's establishes her. That's right. It's her personality to a T just meddlesome and knows better than anybody else. And meanwhile, it also perfectly sets up uh, Sam who's dodging a phone call from a woman that he slept with um, and using that as an avenue to hit on another woman, which is setting (laughs) up the dynamic of him and Diane that goes on for a while. And it's just so perfect. Yeah. I, I just was in awe. same as you. Maybe I didn't notice some of the things you did like that. As I'm thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, you're right. It opens on uh, an empty bar that slowly fills up. The thing that I really love that you were talking about too is I love that they open so simply like the pilot episode you open and your focus isn't even on the bartender isn't on your main character. The focus is on a kid trying to uh, get a drink. He's trying to cheat his way into a drink. And so you establish that Sam has morals like he's a good guy. He's not running a, a shammy yeah. outfit. Um, but you also establish that there's life that happens inside the bar. And so you and feel he's funny. He's funny and like glib. Right. Yeah. He shuts them down in a in a very kind way. Like he's not yeah. a jerk to him, but he's also uh, he's got a smart aleck running him for sure. And yeah. You get to see it, that there's a community here and they really do a great job of keeping that community going. Like I was saying earlier, there's a lot of bit parts that happen. Um, even in that clip, when uh, they're talking about the sweaty contest, they let some other guy that you don't see again ever. Uh, but yeah. he, he gets a chance to chime in. And, and that's just like a bar. Like you don't see this in other sitcoms where some random passerby, you know, suddenly is in the conversation and he's weighing in and they're listening to him and they're taking him serious. Yeah. Like they treat everyone there as if they know your name already. And that's, yeah, that's so good. That leads me into the transition into the song is my favorite, like watching this. It, I enjoy probably the first three minutes more than any other part of the uh, show, just because of that transition, they'll get a laugh line And then it's just this very uh, soulful transition into the theme song, whereas most shows and I really struggle to think of, you know, any modern show for sure that 
allows that to happen because normally what they'll do is they'll go for a really hard laugh line and then smash cut to the theme song. Yeah. And that's a great, uh -huh. and there's, there's utility to that for sure. But here it feels so much more sincere to allow that laugh line to kind of die out as you ease into the theme song that is all about making you feel good and feel at home and feel a part of a, a group and uh, a part of, and it also, and it also start this song starts really low. You know, it's like one instrument. Right. So you kind of have to uh, it's pretty jarring to like ha cut off a laugh to go to this ding, 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 ding. You know, you kind of have to let it die down, which is it's just this whole ebb and flow that the that at least the pilot and the whole show, from what I remember, it had. And it's yeah, really, really good point. They're not afraid. Like if you go on to watch episode two, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of moments in there. Uh, where there might be two or three minutes without a laugh, without a joke. Um, oh, and, I love that. And it completely shocked me. Like the first time I'm, yeah. uh, I was, I've been watching through this and I'm like, these moments unfold and I'm just engrossed with the characters and what, what they're doing. And I'm realizing like, man, no one's making a joke. They're taking life seriously right now. And it's because there was nothing organic to joke about. And they'll still find these moments where there's something serious happening and they'll find the humor in that for sure. But they're also not afraid to just let a few moments go by without, you know, forcing you into a laugh and yeah. nothing feels cheaper than just kind of a, a laugh that doesn't really fit into a, into the scene. Um, yeah. I felt like I felt like all not all of them, but like most of the lines, most of the things that people said are things that people might possibly say, you yeah. know, except except for maybe coach like, you know, that <laughs> is is anybody. Oh, it's you, coach? oh okay. yeah. Except maybe that. But like stuff like what you're reading a book. Like it's fantastic. <laughs> you know, are you kidding me? Or like everybody staring at somebody. And then looking away, you know, like that happens. And, uh, yeah, so it felt really natural. So like in a most, I hate sitcoms. I hate them. I've always hated them. I feel like they're, they just, they drag on and on and on and, and everything, but I can't wait to go back and watch more yeah. of this because of that. I feel like that's what I want. I want humanity in it. I don't want obvious scripted lines and like stuff that's always funny and, and maybe every, you know, like two seasons I'll get a serious episode. But then even then it's like way too serious the whole time, half the time, you know, yeah. and cheers, especially this was such a great example. It's like, you'd have a moment of like super seriousness where she's just lost her, the love of her, you know, like the last two years of her life. And that was like serious. And then it's broken. Right. But then we come back to it and you, ha you revisit that heartbreak and then you break it again. It's just like this whole ebb and flow thing and they do it so well. And they're not, it's wonder, I can't wait to go back and watch some more because I want to feel that some more, you know? And, and by the way, when that music started, normally I skip, you know, I right. did not skip at all. I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh. I remember sitting in my chair upstairs in my house and watching this on this old rickety TV that like you had to turn the knob to change the channel. And I only got three channels and cheers right. was one of them. And it came on at like nine 30 or something. And, uh, I watched this, I watched mama's family and a couple others, but yeah, it was one so endearing. And to that point, like I feel, and I'm certainly open to arguments against this, 
but I think this is the best theme song of all time and probably for my buck, the best uh, intro montage of all time. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I would struggle to put something that I think is certainly more iconic, but uh, just better. And well, yeah, drives home the point of community and and the, yeah. the environment and the history. I, I I totally agree that it's the best. I think that there are others that probably are are just because it's so long ago. Mm-hmm. Cheers is so long ago. There's probably more people now that remember like Friends, you know, or I don't know, maybe The Simpsons, just because it's still on. But even then, it like they're not better. They just might right. be more well known because of the times. Yeah, but I I totally agree. Best of all time, all time. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. As far as recognition, yeah, there's probably more recognizable. But as far as personal taste goes, yeah, that's greatest of all time. I I totally I totally agree, man. Oh wow. man, I didn't even um, think of that. So the the only other thing that I really have here is it's still a very satisfying show, even though it's heavily episodic and there's not a ton of serialization like and by that, I mean, every episode is usually self-contained. So you can hit play on almost any episode and you'll be fine. Like you're not going to really miss much. They start to get a little more serialized later in the, the, the show, but even that's pretty light handed. You never feel lost, I would think, if you picked it up on one of these episodes. Uh, you would have your grounding very quickly and not feel like, oh, I need to go back. Um, whereas a lot of other, there's some other sitcoms and we'll, we'll probably cover one next week that you probably want to watch them in sequence in order to get the best bang for your buck. Uh, but here I think you can pick up any episode and even if you didn't watch the pilot, you could probably listen to this whole conversation and recognize every single thing that we're talking about, uh, just from playing, you know, a 60 second clip and you'll be right there with it. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I got, man. <laughs> what you reading? A book. <laughs> I just have that in my head. I can't get it out of my head. I don't even know. Because that was in 19, what, 1981, 1983? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. That was probably the first time somebody had said something like that. Right. Now everybody says it all the time. You know, like that's probably like been used several times. But man, so good. Yeah. Thank you for uh, offering this as a, as as, for this week. This is fantastic. Heck yeah. I'm going to go finish. I'm going to go finish the, all the seasons now. (laughs) There's 11. That's an impressive number of uh, seasons that they ended up. They ended up with, and this is just a side note as I was kind of doing a little research, they ended up making 275 episodes of which James Burroughs, the the director here and uh, one of the creators of the show, he directed 237 of those episodes. So nearly every single episode was directed by the same man, uh, which is really damn impressive. I don't know how you don't get like tired of that. Although I guess if you worked with that group of people, it would be hard to not want to go to work every day. (laughs) Yeah. And I wonder how long the takes were. I was thinking that while I was watching this, I was thinking, man, you know, I bet... I bet they memorized a lot of these lines and they're they're probably just rolling through them because there were a couple of cuts that I could tell mm-hmm. or that I felt like like they just cut to a different camera. But this is the same take. Yeah. You know? Yep. So like who knows? A solid three camera setup where you can really get a lot of coverage and all yeah, the moments. And I've, I've never really like. I've never done like worked on an episodic like live studio audience kind of thing. So I don't really know, like is the idea to try to go through the entire episode or an entire scene, you know, however long it is. Do you set like, 
you know, like, let's try to get through this whole thing. And then you stop and then, you know, you get direction or something like, I don't know how, is it more like Saturday Night Live where you're like, no, just go, 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 go. Yeah. My impression, and I have never seen BTS of, uh, cheers, but I've seen some behind the scenes of like friends and they'll be working through moments in front of the audience. Like they yeah. rehearse all week so that you're ready to film on Friday. And then on Friday's yeah. go day, that's when you've worked out all the kinks, all your moments. But even then you're still working out. Uh, sometimes there's certain moments that just aren't clicking. You can feel that from the feedback of the audience. And uh, yeah. in those moments, you're like, let's try it this way. And they'll do another take. But when you begin and end those moments, you're right. Like, I don't know when you re when you choose, like, uh, we're going to take it again from when Diane enters the, the bar or when, uh, Cliffy enters the bar. Um, we're going to go from there guys from the, and that'll be our top right now. I'll go, you know, from the top. Yeah. I don't know. I would, I would uh, imagine you kind of just pick those moments and maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, I don't probably, know. It might be organic. Who knows? Yeah, it might be. Who knows? Cool. So what are you going to recommend this week? Uh, I'm going to recommend Waco on Netflix, which I just finished last night. I remember that happening, but you know, I was 13 and, didn't know anything really. And so it was just, I, I remember what I was told and I don't know how much of this is. I mean, I know it was, it was written by one of the guys. It was based off a book written by one of the guys from the compound. So there's that. But if, if everything went down that way, I mean, I was in tears. I, I, yeah. I was, I have not watched a show that I actually openly wept multiple times i don't I, I can't tell you the last time you know it, it's just horrific it's absolutely horrific from what i've read and what i've because same i had that same reaction like did is this really the way it happened this is outrageous this is uh this is criminal like this this should not be what's happening right now um yeah. and yeah it's really emotional like it's it's unforgivable like what happened yeah, it, Totally. Totally. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody knows what happens in the right. end, but, but, but if you're uh, only I, used to it from that per media perspective, then you will be you surprised. 100% go watch this if for no other reason to like get a different perspective from someone who is actually part of it, because the only information I ever got was information that I heard via the news and maybe, maybe, something that I heard from my parents or something, but I don't remember. I mean, when I was a kid, I, w I avoided that stuff. Like, yeah. like I didn't want to know anything about anything really, you know? So I, I didn't have any other perspective and this was like, uh, it was hard. Yeah. It, was, it was really hard. But I, once I started, I, I couldn't stop. So yeah, I'd I, I recommend that. Yeah, Taylor Kitsch just puts on the greatest oh. acting of his career. Like, it's absolutely 100%. mesmerizing how amazing he is. Oh, and, uh, well, it's, I forget, I forget his name. I'm blanking on his name, the the negotiator. Oh, I don't even <sighs> remember. I, I only can see Taylor Kitsch in my head <laughs> every time I think <laughs> of that show. He's been in, like, everything. He's an amazing actor, the main negotiator. Oh, Michael Shannon. Thank you. Gosh, I'm like, he's huge. He's a huge actor. Yeah, he's massive. Michael Shannon destroyed me in this movie too. Just unbelievable. Like everybody really. Yeah, it's a everybody. shocking, it's a shocking cast. Like everyone is incredible. Julia Garner. The Culkin brother. Rory Culkin is a. Yeah. 
freaking hoss. He, it's uh, worth going through his library because uh, he's just made so many great films. Um, and apparently now TV, he just doesn't yeah. stop. Uh, nice, man. Anyway, great. definitely go watch it. Great recommendation. Um, I'm going to recommend uh, The Good Place, if which is polar opposite of, uh, well, in a lot of ways, it's the polar opposite of Waco in terms of feelings. It's Ted Danson and... Oh my God, Kristen Bell. Uh, if you want to be absolutely surprised in all the best ways, The Good Place looked like this kind of paint by numbers comedy. Uh, and so I put off watching it for a while, but it just kind of kept popping up. And on like Reddit, people would make a comment like a reference to The Good Place, and then someone would comment underneath, Oh my God, that show's amazing. Why isn't anybody watching it? And so after a number of times, I, I was in uh, New Zealand visiting Joe, and they they had it on their Netflix over there. I tend to do this a lot, where if I'm visiting a, a place internationally, there, I always look at what is on their Netflix that isn't on ours, and I'll watch that. That's why I started watching Big Bang Theories, because I was yeah. in Ireland, and they had Big Bang Theory on Netflix. So I was like, oh, I'm doing that. And same thing with Good Place. I ran through that, which I think it's still on our Netflix. 100%. You will be raving about the show if you watch it. Like, Really? Get through... I don't know, just a few episodes, but really get through the first season and you're going to just be like, everyone needs to watch this. And it just finaled. So there's a whole uh, arc to it that they just wrapped up. You have the best time in the world right now with like five seasons of uninterrupted uh, brilliance coming at you and just punching you in the face. And Kristen Bell, it's 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 on Netflix. Yeah, it should be. It's either Netflix or Hulu, but I I think it's. It's Netflix and Hulu, yeah. Okay. Um, I think. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right to me. Kristen Bell's hilarious. Like, she is a genuinely hilarious uh, actor. And so, yeah, highly recommend that. Check it out. And, of course, you'll see both of those things um, in the show notes. If you want to leave us a note on on this episode, you can do that at thepestlepodcast.com slash cheers. And don't forget to subscribe and review us uh, on iTunes or any other podcasting platform that you listen to us on. And stay tuned for next week when we tackle uh, the pilot episode of Friends. One of your favorite shows. Yeah. All right, cool. So we'll leave you with the quote of the day from Shakespeare's Henry VI. Huh, interesting. And I will make it a felony, and I will make it felony to drink small beer from the year 19... No. <laughs> from the year 1592. I was just 1592. blown away. I was just curious. I was like, we're in this lower class, middle class, you know, setting of a bar, and they're all drinking beer. And I was just curious because it feels... Like, it's not supposed to have this high-minded thinking. And they constantly mock, you know, literature and uh, quality films. And uh, throughout the show, it just becomes a punching bag that Diane gets to throw out. Like, you, you know, brutes, why don't you appreciate whatever? Uh, Proust or whatever. So I was just curious, like, they're drinking beer. That's kind of the main drink. And I'm, I want to know, has Shakespeare ever said anything about beer? And there were several quotes about him and beer. And mo- usually it's, he's talking about ale. Uh, but in this case, it seems like he's talking about actual beer. Uh, and I was just like, that's how amazing beer is. It's been around certainly for over 500 years. And even Shakespeare inserted it into, you know, the greatest collective works of English ever made. And so even though it's the commoner's drink, it also beer should not be looked down upon. Maybe that's my take. <laughs> <laughs> 
certain kinds of beer maybe should. Sure, uh, I'll, I'll give you but, that. <laughs> but beer in general, definitely not. Right. That's fantastic. That's cool. Thanks, man. Awesome. Well, this was great, man. Thanks for the, the recommendation there. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so join us next week. We'll be doing Friends. This is a, a, a quicker one. We actually got through one in under an hour. Unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> First one ever. Uh, join us next week. We'll be doing the pilot for Friends. Until then, I'm Todd. I'm Wes. Go watch the movies. Bye.